Welcome to Chats, a television podcast, season 15, Chats 8. Each week we watch and discuss two episodes of the Netflix original series, Sense8. My name is Alan. <laughs> it's so giggly. My name is Alan, and I'm joined by the man on set who taught half of the cast of Sense8 how to speak French overnight. It's Magellan. Bonsoir. Le bug is here. Ugh, not le bug. <laughs> oh, stinky bug. It, the best version of somebody's the best example of someone speaking French is the is Nomi's dad suddenly when her mom is like uh like, oh, why were uh, we transphobic? And he's like, why, we should come to France more often. He's like, oh, madame, what's that? <laughs> I was like, what? Excuse me. Uh, he was waiting for that moment. He was waiting for tonight. Oh, with you, I'd be with here you, in my arms, arms waiting for tonight. tonight. We're in person today, so we can do things like yeah, this. That. <laughs> and also, we can say the same sentence at the exit. He's just looking at me, <laughs> listener. He's just looking and grinning like a little devil man. Because you had it. You were right. We can say the same sentence at the, at the same, same time. time. If we want, want to. to. Ooh. How are you doing, Magellan? Uh, I'm good. Uh, you know, today's kind of a strange day because we are here... We're in your recording space. We've got, uh, there's this new light bulb going that's casting a purple glow across the space here. And uh, this evening, can I say this, what we're, where we're going You can evening? say it. Just don't tell them where, but you can tell them. Yeah, we're going to our 10-year high school reunion what? later today, which is kind of, it's just like. It's weird. What a weird day. But uh-huh. we're here to talk about the finale of Sense8, which yes. I watched on a Greyhound bus, except for the last scene, which I didn't watch. On the For bus. reasons we'll discuss. Yeah. Anyway, hey, let's uh, let's talk about the episode. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing wonderful. Same thing. Excited about the reunion, I guess. It's just the way I was describing it to you and to other people who were like, I don't know if I want to go. Was like, you know what it really is? Is it's an excuse for a bunch of the friends I still talk to to see each other to for a few out. hours. Yeah. And then if we don't like the vibe. We go somewhere else. Right. It, the part where it's a 10 year reunion, whatever. That's cool. I want to know who's gay and who's like not, <laughs> you know, but <laughs> otherwise it's just another, it's a Saturday evening uh, with your friends. Yeah. I, uh, it's funny when I was leaving school or not when I was, when I was at school on Friday, um, I mentioned some of my students and some of my colleagues. It's my 10 year high school reunion. And my colleagues were all like, "Ugh, oh man, yeah. you're braver than I am. Like, braver than the troops. okay, have fun. And then my students were like, Ooh, did you have any crushes in high school? <laughs> or are you going to flex on them? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the way that that lives in the imagination of a teenager versus a 20-something, 30-something person. is It's funny. Um, anyway. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Speaking of reunions. Yeah. Speaking our, of fun re- reintroductions of people we haven't seen uh, yeah. in a long time. Sense8. Amor. 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 Vincit. Vincit. Vincit Omnia. Love conquers all things, as Hernando says in the tour bus in this episode. Yes, Magellan's giving me the nod. <laughs> I'm yes. nodding. I'm supportively nodding. I love it. I love it. Uh, can I get some snaps, actually, and like, so, like some supportive snaps? Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, yeah, so Sense8 came back after a year-long break, thanks to the fans who uh, begged Netflix to give the Wachowskis one more chance 
to give yeah. Lana one more chance to Lana's final ride is the name of the episode. <laughs> um, no, it's Amor Vinci Domnia, and it was written to get into it by Lana Wachowski, David Mitchell, and Alexander Hemon. Hemon. Oh, JMS wasn't involved in writing it. Apparently not, which may explain why he's uh, not in that little end credits thing, but uh, he's not on the writers credits. No. Was uh, there a beef? There wasn't a beef. Was I there? would have been aware of a beef. I mean, he does talk about Sensei in his book. In his, yeah, right. Very briefly, but right. he just said like it was a really cool project and came from this and this ideas. Yeah. Huh. Um, but no, he don't. He doesn't seem to be on the credits for the script of this. It was directed by Lana Wachowski, and it aired June eighth, twenty eighteen, on Netflix. Wow. Yeah. Pride Month. Where were you in June of twenty eighteen? um new york city (laughs) yeah probably um that was right before i moved into oh no you're in oh june you're still in queens 2018 yeah i was in queens i was gonna be moving to brooklyn uh in in august so it was around that time of like maybe we had figured out where we were moving to i can't remember but Mm -hmm. yeah end of the school year that sort of stuff's happening groovy what about you <laughs> june of 2018 i think i would have been just finishing my post back yeah or just in the process like maybe that was my last semester of it so i was kind of like ah the next phase of my life is probably going to start soon and then it took another year for it to start so uh june of 2018 is kind of a, was like a weird space for me but we're still in the like i don't remember what i was doing <laughs> this is funny this is like Related because we're going to our reunion tonight. Um, a couple nights ago, I was talking to a friend that we both are mutual friend of ours from high school. Yeah. And he saw another friend of mine from high school, like the, who I don't talk to. And he, that guy asked like, oh, what's Alan up to? And he said, and this is so mean out of context. He said, last time I checked, Alan was kind of stagnating after college. Aww. And I was like, I talked about it in therapy today. We're fine. We're through it. <laughs> and I was so sad. But then I was like, but I'm not. Like, he just doesn't know. Uh-huh. And so, like, that's the thing with that 2018 period is if you knew me then, you would be like, I guess Alan's just, like, con- like lost right now, which is I true. See. Sure. But then, uh-huh. like, give me one more year. And you're like, oh, my God, you're going to cover Babylon 5 on chats? That's amazing. <laughs> what a you, great show. That's so good. I love Londo Malari. He's so funny. <laughs> He's got the, like, weird tentacle penis. Um, <laughs> Can you give me a letter of the this person? Nah, we'll talk about we'll it talk later. We'll talk Absolutely. about it later. Absolutely. Uh, but for now, can you tell guess, me? but we'll talk about it later. Uh, can you tell me what happened in the season finale, the series finale of Sensei? Yeah, Please. hand me the iPad. Hey, we got the notes iPad, so I don't have to Woo! look at my screen. Ooh, sheesh, man. I wish we were in the studio. We could have an iPad for this sort of thing. Instead, I just have to use my own iPad. Sorry. <laughs> in this episode, in the sweeping series finale... Passions run high as the Sensates and their closest allies fight to save the Cluster and stop their enemies for good. Save the Cluster, save the world? That's right. Are there any cheerleaders in this episode? I would say Leto holding a bunch of baguettes was the closest thing to like a cheerleader oh, character. I was going to say every character for every other character has cheerleader moments. There are yes, a lot true. of characters who are like, okay, that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of lines like that. Not in fun. the like annoying Marvel way either. No, where it's no, like, no, no. Oh, that, that just happened. Right. <laughs> Ways that you would genuinely, re- like when Nomi does Sun's uh, martial arts moves and then Amanita is like, hot damn. That was sick. That was cool. I've been waiting for that. I've been waiting two seasons for that. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a nice moment. But overall take on, on this finale, what do you think? 
You know, they ended Sense8 in exactly the way that Sense8 needed to be ended. Um, I can only imagine what it must have been like to be following the show over the course of the like three years that it took to get all of these pieces in place Mm -hmm, and the mm -hmm. huge delays between seasons and big episodes and stuff Mm -hmm. um but uh, you know if this had been a show you were following from 15 to 18 this is a satisfying conclusion i think as satisfying as it could be Mm -hmm. there's obviously a lot of plot stuff that was planted or like clearly was meant to be played out over the course of a third season but had to be kind of truncated or waved off in this episode and we can talk about those things but if what you're looking for is like i want all the sensates to beat the bad guys hang out and be cool you get all that yeah it's you get two and a half hours of it um which felt good especially after you know we were kind of down on some chunks of season two um but it's nice to see a a show stick the landing the way that they do here so i liked it i thought it was a good conclusion and i was ready for it to end and now it's ended and i'm like yeah that was a good ending yeah did you feel similarly mostly yeah i i think it's you can use the word self-indulgent to describe this finale to describe this show in some cases yeah, yeah. no definitely uh-huh. and that, like you said like it 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 went out like it came in right really bold and unique really full of itself and proud of itself and deeply deeply earnest yeah to the very last shot it's just we know what we're doing we we know what you guys like we're gonna do a lot of it as much as the budget will possibly allow us to do yeah the fact that the final 15 minutes or whatever before the sex scene is on the eiffel tower and which is like literally famously one of the hardest places to film on. Uh-huh, right. And to my, I don't, I wasn't able to look this up, but I think they might've done it. It seemed like they did it for real. Like with yeah. the fireworks and everything, like that would be so much CG work that you could have just gone around by filming it. Uh-huh. Like they went, they shot for the moon. That's like the TV filming equivalent of like, let's go to 11. Fine. Yeah. yeah. We're going to do a wedding on the Eiffel tower. Yeah. Um, It's really, yeah, really bold and ambitious. I think where like, I feel less excited about it is like a lot of shows that I like don't get endings like this. And sometimes I'm just like, all right, it's going to exist in the, the sort of theater of my mind. Like I'm just going to think about what could have happened and that's going to be the end of it. But this show got to say like, Hey, we set up a ton of stuff that was going to be, take a whole season to fill out. We're just going to do it in like 15 minutes. Like every single weird side character that you were like, who is this? Like, that brief shot of like the other, um, I think her Sutra is her name, like the other Asian sensei who helps them out. And it's like, you had a whole storyline written for her. And now uh-huh. she's just like, hey guys, I'm Sutra. I'm here to help. It's like, uh-huh. wait. So they just like crammed yeah. entire, you're literally seeing entire season plot lines happening in the span of a couple minutes. Right. And it's impressive, but it's also messy yeah. <laughs> in certain parts. Yeah, it definitely reads like there was a set of notes that were probably drafted out by the Wachowskis and JMS of this is where the show's going to go. This is where the Angelica thing and the Jonas thing is going to culminate. Yeah. And then you have scenes where Jonas is like, okay, look, here's the deal. <laughs> anyway, Literally. See you later. Bye bye. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I think they pull that off as well as they can. But mm-hmm. you're right that it definitely this this episode is not trying to hide the fact that it is 
what they were able to do given Mm -hmm. that the show had been canceled but it's just one of those weird tv things of like this is not in an ideal world where the art can exist as it like would in its best form it wouldn't look like this but that it exists is like the best we can expect of it because it was such like a beast to produce Mm -hmm. so yeah the, the show earns its right as one of the most expensive television shows also right, right. uh i hugged my roommate afterwards because i felt so warm and goopy that i needed to like release that somewhere and i was like can i just like give you a hug and he was like yeah it's fine we watched <laughs> and he told me he was like i never would have finished this if you weren't watching it for your podcast because um, there were multiple moments even during this finale where he was like this is where i would have left like really? the, the act huh. break he was like i don't really need to see where we go after the act break huh uh or like we had just gone to the wedding and he saw that there was like 20 minutes left and he was like i i'm out like i don't want to watch this anymore and i was like yeah but like I, if you're bought in enough and you like these characters then like you're gonna watch them dance for 20 minutes right, <laughs> or like right. for 15 and then have sex for five minutes right uh and also that includes cre- uh, like again really self-indulgent like credit sequence of like look even the crew was like having fun like this was just yeah. a big party right so like yeah big self-indulgent big we got to do all the fun stuff we like to do yeah. And we got everyone in the room. That was like the dream of Sensei was when are we going to get all eight people physically together? And we got a whole two and a half hours of that. Right. It was really fun. Yeah. Let's get into it. Let's do it. Uh, so we start with something not super fun, which is Wolfgang's whole situation. Yeah. Again, something that probably would have been drip fed really slowly to the point where like we get a scene where we see his flashbacks and his father is like, you don't know the secret about your mom. Okay, five minutes later. Here's what the secret about your mom is. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, okay, this clearly maybe would have been easier to swallow if it was a little slower. But to just have it bombarded at us, it's like, oh, oh, geez. That's a little dark for this sensei. Right. Yeah, I was sort of wondering. So basically the thing that we learn is that Wolfgang's mother also is his stepsister mm-hmm. um, because his father raped her Mm -hmm. and it's yeah and they like space that out and fill that in over the course of the first like you said 20 minutes of the episode um it wasn't super clear to me why we're doing that except to just i'm assuming that's like a thing that was known about wolfgang like in the writer's room a while ago and there were plans to bring it in and talk about it and the purpose that it serves here is to like bring him to the brink of almost committing suicide in the BPO facility to then have Kala be like, if you're not, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it. And then he's like, Nope, neither of us is going to do it. Yeah. It's just a lot of intense stuff that feels, I don't know. Not, I wasn't a huge fan of it. I understand it as a part of Wolfgang's really like dark backstory but it felt like we were kind of using his mom character to like make him have feelings right and that felt i wasn't a huge fan of that because we've talked for a lot a while now about like what is wolfgang's plot what does he do besides like be handsome or be naked or both uh-huh. um and now they're like okay here's his plot it's about tr- familial trauma and like right. and masculinity because the other thing with his mom is that he as a kid had a really beautiful singing voice and he would sing along to like right. the idol shows that they would watch. Right. Uh, cause the episode opens with young Wolfgang watching an idol show, uh-huh. like an American, uh, you know, 
America's Got Talent except for Germany. Mm-hmm. And they're doing 99 Luft Balloons. And she's like, you have such a beautiful voice. If you sang with her Wolfgang or sang like that, don't let anyone tell you you don't have that. And it's really sad because it's like he spent his whole life suppressing this talent and not ever talking about it. And for us to get that look was like a nice personal moment. Right. But to then be like, and also, if you didn't already think his dad sucked, it goes even worse. Like, what practically does learning this fact about his mom do for us? Besides, we already know his dad is bad. Yeah, because it also, they then, like, remind us of him killing his uncle and give us even more justification for him doing that. Yeah. But, like, yeah, what you're saying, it just doesn't feel like we needed that. Mm -hmm. Uh that justification to be there and then we don't really do much with the wolfgang singing thing as like a like that's not his arc in this episode his arc isn't like embracing his you know the singing voice within or whatever it's embracing a rocket launcher and blowing a helicopter right which is what he did the last time and he just does it again and everyone's like okay that I was think cool. this is an example, though, of, of the finale, just like wrapping up stuff that we didn't even think were plot threads. Because in the pilot, when right. they're breaking into the guy's house, he goes like, yeah. yeah, we right. like saw him watch the show and be like, oh, man, like I love for some reason I love watching these shows. So they are like answering a question that I just didn't particularly need answered. Yeah, because I think if you were going to do this, you do it earlier in the show when we're dealing like in season one where he's dealing yeah. with the guy yeah. with his uncle and he kills him and yeah. like all this stuff but here i really think there's a lot that hits the screen in this episode that's like well this was in a notebook and we wanted to canonize it and like now that it's known information i suppose on a rewatch maybe it enriches a second watch of sensate or something but that's a good point yeah it doesn't really do much in this episode because for the rest of the episode wolfgang is just kind of like hey so how are we gonna make this work right it's like biting his lip like "Mm, what are we gonna what are we gonna do here and even funnier is that they spend all that beginning with him being like i'm being tortured i'm worried flashback flashback and then the gang is being like we need to get wolfgang out Uh and then he breaks himself out uh yeah he almost does yeah right he starts to right you know because he he like gets the restraints off and stuff uh-huh. and starts like shooting a ton of dudes yeah and that was where i was like why did we do this why did we even <laughs> capture him if he was gonna free himself uh-huh. but then doesn't he get like recaptured is that what happens uh yeah because the there's a funny moment where like the bpo lieutenant type guy is like don't shoot him we need him and then wolfgang just steps out in the wide open and starts shooting guys yeah you guys can't kill me all right fuck you fuck Um, you (laughs) so then that's going on and i think he realizes there's not really a way out Mm -hmm. where he stays alive and so he decides like well i I'm just going to shoot myself uh, right. and end all this trouble. You guys kill whispers because you have whispers. Uh, and then Kala talks him off the ledge by mm-hmm. going to a ledge herself, which is a wild scene, uh, intense. And then they recapture him because he like falters in shooting himself in the head. That's what it was. Okay. Yeah. Kala's one of the most like, oddly handled characters in this finale super weird every moment with her i was like that was a choice i guess yeah um can we talk a little bit about her situation uh how much of it do you want to talk about 
Because a lot of it involves the arrival of Raja. Our king. To, yes. Our, our, our yeah. King. So after after the Wolf King stuff mostly gets handled, we get a lot of people just like hanging out. You know, Lita was uh-huh. worrying about carbs. We're all. It's literally like I said. Like, look at all the all seven of us are like having fun together. Right. Uh, and like Will and Riley like go off on their own and they have their little adventure. Everyone has their little adventures, which is funny because like we brought them together and then they just split up into the parties that they were in. For the whole series. It's kind of cute. I'm like, Sun's by herself, but with Detective Mun. And Leto is with Hernando and Danielle. I'm like, you just did the show again. All, you guys still know each other. <laughs> it is very cute, though. Like, yeah. it's not like, yeah, we're all friends. We all have a relationship. But we're not going to do a, like, Kala and Leto go and chase down Whisper's pile. It just doesn't. Right. right. They're not friends like that. Yeah. Yeah, because it feels like the part of the purpose of the fact that this episode is so separate from the rest of the show. Yeah there's a hunger to see like the Mexico city crew hang out yeah. as opposed to if this was season three, mm-hmm. we're in France, you probably would have seen more shuffling of the deck with yeah. different characters hanging out. Yeah. And we do get a little bit of that. Like when Amanita and, and Daniela go to interrogate whispers together, that was fucking awesome. That was very good. So there's like some stuff like that, that that's pretty fun. It's a really weird setup that they have. They have this like beautiful place in Paris uh-huh. Uh, and everybody gets to do their own thing, and then just it so happens that in the basement, I guess they have whispers in a jail cell, and they tell him to stand on a pole on a block and face away so that he can't sense anybody or like uh, make eye contact right, with anybody. Right, right, yeah. Uh, and so people who come in wear if they're a sensate, then they wear like blindfolds or whatever, and they wear like masks over their faces, and so he can't identify anyone. And they just like do this bit over and over again, but definitely the funniest one or most interesting one is when Amanita goes down with Daniela and it's these two side characters who are both great in their own right. And you're uh-huh. like, this is a dynamic I haven't seen before. <laughs> we learn that Daniela has like gun toting experience uh-huh. as she like does a revolver ocelot, like gun spin or something. I'm <laughs> like, this is great. Uh-huh. And uh, Amanita's uh, whisper doesn't, doesn't know her. And he kind of like, it is an, it is a, insult. Well, he knows her name. Yes. And I think yeah. he was like at the house when he went to her mom's house. In season one? Yeah. Something like that. But yeah. otherwise, he hasn't, like, talked to her or gotten to know her much. Or he hasn't... What it is specifically, he didn't know until this scene that they were engaged. Because he sees right. the ring. Because he he knows who Nomi is. Yeah. Right? But he can't visit Nomi because he hasn't seen her. Because he hasn't made eye contact with her, yes. Okay. So he knows Amanita because he has been following Nomi around. Exactly. Before. Okay. And uh, this scene is giving, like... A kind of transphobia because it's like you don't know enough about your partner and you guys are so different that you're actually not going to get along i don't care if you guys are married you're eventually going to be like uh-huh. her pet and she's going to treat you like a little animal because mm. she's homo sensorium and what i mean by like how it's giving transphobia is the like you know this surgery or this like lifestyle is eventually going to hurt you and you guys aren't going to like grow up together right um, right which is like really sad but as another example of how they use whispers is like form of evil in a really interesting way because mm-hmm. then Amanita immediately punches him in the face like screw you yeah and it feels like it it does a good job of i think what's great about this episode is throughout the show we've been using like the experience of being a sensate in different ways uh sometimes as a metaphor for queerness and this episode then kind of makes like having a relationship between a sensate and someone who isn't a sensate like mm-hmm. part of that metaphor as well right um 
and like the relationships we have with our non-sensate pals are like a crucial part of what helps us win and what makes this episode yeah. cool and yeah. so we have whispers being like it's never gonna work and then we like reaffirm it and have you know obviously the big moment at the end mm-hmm. um so i thought that was like a pretty pretty thematically clear of this episode to yeah. make that part of what it's driving towards it's straight down the plate and yeah. like you said in the vows later they're like our goal is to live with each other and like be long lasting yeah which like queer couples very like tragically don't always get so mm-hmm. they're like that's what we want um so we get a lot of like this whisper stuff we get people hanging out uh and then we get a couple of like re-character reintroductions uh detective mun is back in a very cute moment we learned that sun kept a tracked cell phone on her uh-huh. even though he calls her and they have a very flirtatious phone call where it's just like the video call and he's like can you tell me that you miss me and she's like yeah i can tell you that and he's like i need you to say it it's like something out of a k-drama actually like, it really fully is yeah it's so funny they like go from i i punch you and that's how i flirt with you to like we're in a long distance relationship tell me you miss me <laughs> it's 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 so cute that i can ignore the fact that it doesn't make, make a lot sense. of sense <laughs> totally <laughs> and they don't have anyone else like give some someone to have a plot with yeah right, right and right. they did they did yeah. exactly that so yeah it's really saccharine and then yeah the like quick reveal of like you know all of our phones are like bricked or whatever they're all uh you know locked how did he find you and she's he's like yeah she kept up she kept the whole ass iphone with her, dude. <laughs> she let herself get found that's so good yeah uh and he's like yeah i don't i'm not a I can't be a detective anymore. I just tracked a, a not wanted criminal. Uh, so don't worry about that part of my plot anymore. <laughs> Disregard. <laughs> Please ignore the man behind the curtain kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's very fun. And it gives them something to do. Um, Bug also comes back. Uh, Bug Le, the God. Laybug. Laybug. Uh, he knows every language. He knows French fluently. Why do you know French? That's the language of love. Yeah. Italian. Another language of love. But Bug really is the star of the show in this episode absolutely i mean come on but what i think is funny is that even though everyone's friends with bug he still has to be reintroduced they can't just have him come with us because we love scenes where it's like who's gonna come here <gasps> bugs here yeah. so like he can't come with us he has to arrive right. is what i mean like he has to be fashionably late so that we can get excited right. um yeah bug speaking french is so fun and cute and then uh-huh. like when he flirts with people later and then at the wedding, that loops back around. And he's talking to the French woman at the wedding. And you're like, did Bug find love? This is so good. <laughs> what I love about how they do the like side character reintroductions is the senseis who aren't friends with them are kind of the audience surrogates in those yeah. moments. Like when Caffius yeah. meets Felix and he's like, Felix! Felix! And Felix is like, who? <laughs> it's like, that's how we feel when we see Felix, uh, which is just like a really cute way to play that out or like i mean diego coming back wasn't Aww. quite as fun his hawaiian shirt was awesome him and felix got great hawaiian shirts yeah yeah everybody gets good shirts this episode yeah i think rajan's is the funniest reintroduction because everyone's like oh rajan <laughs> and then they're like we gotta fucking go give this guy some shit we gotta go he like he doesn't get time to like be cute with anyone yeah until after the act break and it's just like, okay, Rajan, like everyone here, you kind of know, but you don't, they know you, you don't know them. Right. It's like the most awkward coming to a party moment. <laughs> He's yeah. like, who do I? Okay. Hi, Kala. You're my wife. Uh, and then, yeah, BPO comes and they have to get out. Yeah. Uh, 
there's some other stuff happening at the same time just to like quickly go through some more stuff right riley and will are um meeting up with one of riley's old flames a woman named george's who or george depending on your accent uh a gay french woman who riley had a relationship with which is great there's nothing here i wonder how long this plot would have lasted in the season three i wanted this more i wanted i wanted will to like for us to dig into his discomfort a little bit more because he's like so how and riley's like we were intimate or whatever it's like chill out don't be weird yeah and then he speaks French to her, and he's like, "She's like, you know French," and he goes, "You know French." Yeah, that was funny. The show, this, this, this finale, like expedites relationship awkwardness by being like, "We're all the same person, dude." Like, don't right. worry about it. Right. There's a obviously we'll talk about the other huge example of that in the ending, but like, yeah, Will just being like, "Okay, Riley has like other friends, and this woman gives them access to a club." Um, I want to come back to the Rajan stuff like we were talking about before, but. The club is where we get like a big handoff scene of they're trying to Lila is introduced, reintroduced again. And we still think it's weird that she was initially named Lila and everyone has decided her name is Lila. It's whatever. Uh-huh. Uh, she's working with Whispers because she has a connection to Whis- Whisper or she's working with the chairman because she has a connection to Whispers and Will uh, or to and, and Wolfgang. Excuse me. They're yeah. like white guys mixed up. <laughs> yeah, they're essentially maybe it would be helpful to just name the players Mm-hmm. here so like whispers we get a lot more information a little bit later in the episode about why he's doing what he's doing and how his yeah. goals differ from the chairman's yeah the chairman is this mysterious figure he wears a mask he visits wolfgang he takes the mask off later or he's just some guy he's just like, like there's nothing there i see i just edited episode 11 by the way uh-huh. and we first heard about the chairman and i was like who's it gonna be it's gonna be felix and like I, yeah. I knew it was going to be nobody. There's it's, no side character left. Right? Yeah. Who that, could it be? Exactly. Um. Anyway, so the chairman seems like he wants to basically control sensates or kill them mm-hmm. or take get revenge on them or whatever. Um. That's what he's doing. Leela. Wait. What is it again? It's Leela. It's Leela. Now it's Leela. It's become okay. Leela. Leela still wants her kind of like sensate enclave thing and so and their protection that's the big reason yeah so she makes a bid here to facilitate the trade between uh wolfgang and whispers that Mm -hmm. she can then use whispers as leverage with the chairman to make sure that she has that like city for sensates that she's hoping for right um and then we also get reintroduced to some like good guy allies who are out uh, elsewhere, mm-hmm. Mr. Hoy is still in the mix. Uh, Riley visits him. BPO is coming for him. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh my god, Mr. Hoy, don't die. And he's like, uh, I might die. And we're like, sure, he's going to die at yeah, this point. Uh, right. And then he does not die, mm-hmm. which is good. Uh, he brings Riley to talk to Irsa and the daughter of Ruth Ilsadawi. River Ilsadawi. River, who is like, hey kill whispers and let wolfgang die and we're like mm. he's a main character on the show sorry loud. he's supposed to be in the big sex scene at the end of the episode yeah. so can't do that but those are basically the the players here and then there's this other group that we just like chat with for a moment we can talk with them in a minute but it's like sutra and puck and the asian guy that's what, well the asian oh them Kayla. yeah them i'm also talking about bodhi and the mother oh <laughs> lord yeah we'll get to <laughs> we'll that. talk to that about them in a second mm-hmm. um but yeah we try to facilitate this trade we get wolfgang back um but in the chaos 
we lose whispers mm-hmm. and then Leela and her sensei pals like abscond with him so that they can make the make the trade Good with word. BPO. Thank you. Um, but our gang is back together. We go back to now this new French villa that Rajan has uh, hooked us up with. and From uh, his friend, right. Jean-Pierre, uh-huh. who we learn later is the doctor who told him, who laughed at him for breaking his dick. Oh, that's Jean-Pierre? Yeah, because he, he says, like, this is for my friend Jean-Pierre. And when they cheers, he goes, like, thank you to Jean-Pierre. And I kept thinking, like, this has to be someone Who's French in this show? And then later, Jean-Pierre comes back, and it's like, hey, guys, and it's the doctor. That... No, the doctor's Italian. Or I guess, no, because this is, isn't this in Naples at this point? Is the villa No, the, the like, vineyard villa thing is in France before they go Well, maybe to he has a villa in France, but it's that doctor. I don't think so. Okay. The doctor comes back because Kala gets shot, and he helps with that. that it's that doctor, though? Yeah, it's the dick doctor. <laughs> <laughs> But he's just around because to help Kala because she got shot okay. in the hospital. Because that's where they had their honeymoon, I, I think. That would be so funny, though, if he was like, yeah, I got a homie. He, I, he just made fun of my I broken think, dick once. I think they just made up a random okay, rich great. friend of Rajan's, yeah. I love that. Um, but yeah, the last thing I had about like the club scene, because uh, we're really, we're like fast forwarding here, um, is Kala needs to be useful. So she makes a st- two stink bombs. That they press to get everybody to get out so that they can escape safely. I like that this acknowledges how difficult it is to traverse around a nightclub. Because it's like if nobody else was leaving, one, they would notice us leaving and we would our cover would be on. And two, moving in a nightclub against the crowd of people is like impossible. It's like actually a safety hazard. That's where how that happens. So I just thought that was funny. And everyone's like, what did you make? And it's like, it just smells really bad. And it's <laughs> gonna clear the room. Uh-huh. Um we have the nightclub stuff, and then I think is the and there was like one other big thing before the is it, is it just the lacuna stuff i guess um before so. what before we go to naples mm-hmm. yeah so we end up back on oh, the car scene yeah yeah so we end up back at Rajan's friend's place and we're all sipping sipping bubbly he's like guys want some bubbly, want some bubbly? <laughs> and we're having a really nice dinner and it's great uh-huh. um there's also a scene with Kala talking to Bug, like, who should I be with? And that we can talk about yeah. that whole plot line <laughs> later. But uh, everything's cool. And then Bodhi shows up, who's the monk with the tree tattoo, <laughs> who also tried to like mess with the exchange and kill whispers yeah. in the club. She's which, the reason the exchange went bad. Yeah, right. And uh, she brings Riley to the lacuna. Or everybody to the lacuna, actually? I think, well, everybody sees it, yeah. Uh, I think Riley's the one who's physically brought there, and then everyone else visits. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Riley isn't physically. She's also visiting, isn't she? Oh, I don't know who's physically there, then. I think they're all visiting. Okay. Um, so then, yeah, they all go. It's a big tree. There's like a, It's like a big yeah, forest it tree. Looks, it looks like it's straight out of Elden, Elden Ring. Elden Ring, yeah, it, it totally does. Serious Elden Ring vibes. Yep. Um, and we meet the mother, and like, this is... Like a hundred percent, this was going to be a season three plot. or a season four plot. Yeah, this is like down the road, and we're just like, okay, look, we're like monks. We have like sensate knowledge, There's and a also bigger network than the archipelago. Right, I'm Whispers's mom. Yeah, I'm his sensate mom. Yeah, that's it. All it it does reveal one crucial thing to us: 
which is one, this show was canceled. <laughs> and it's two, it's it's ultimately Whisper's motivation for everything that he's doing, uh-huh. which is that he murdered a bunch of people in his cluster, murdered his entire cluster. His entire cluster, yeah. And so he experienced all of those deaths and hated the feeling of experiencing death and then coming back to life so much. And he doesn't want to experience death again. And so if he has all of these drones, which are people who are lobotomized that he can go into, he never has to die. Right. So the classic, the villain's secret motivation was to was eternal life. Right. But in a really interesting sense eighty way of like, I don't even want to experience it third hand. I don't want to feel death anymore. Right. Which I think is really interesting. Yeah, because he she says he experienced them as murderer and murdered, which is such yeah. a grim, creepy thing to think about. Uh yeah, and I guess the idea is that when you're in the drone, you don't feel the things that the drone feels is what it is. That didn't entirely make sense yeah. to me. But, a dread uh, of dying has poisoned his soul, is what the mother says. It's a good line. Yeah, it is. Um, but that's it. We don't talk to them again. It's like, okay, bye. Nice to meet you. Yeah. It's just whispers, uh, motivation stuff. Mm-hmm. And also, was she the cluster mom for Angelica's cluster, too? Possibly. Because she said something about, I gave birth to someone who was a mother herself. Oh. But I don't know if that... They didn't make that explicit, so I don't know if I was supposed to get that from that. I, or I didn't get that from that. Okay. It's possible, though. Yeah. Uh, that's all we see of the mother and the lacuna. It's gone. Bodhi's done. Yeah. Actually, they do say, like, Bodhi might help you in the future or something, I think. But that's it. The monks are gone. That would have been an interesting wrinkle, I think. Yeah. Um. And the last thing before our big break is the really fun calling back to what's going on. Instead of just doing that again, like when they brought it back in season two and it was hella cringe. Uh, half of our team is we're all going to Naples because we need to go. We need to go find Leela and Whispers and, oh. and retrieve our bargaining chip. Half of our team is on a train because you can travel around Europe on a train. Half of us are in a fun sports car. Uh, and we get this moment where everybody's listening to music and they're very careful to show, like, the non-sensates get to have this, too. We have AirPods. We have wireless <laughs> headphones that we give to the non-sensates. We put it on the radio. Because yeah. I think it starts... Who's, like, initially listening to it? Is it... I R- think it's Riley. Riley. yeah. And then she gives, like, wireless headphones to, like, like Rajan or something. And then all the other sensates just have it because they can right. all hear it. Right. And it's... Uh, uh, it's uh, I Feel You by Depeche Mode, which is, like, not a f- really fun song. Yeah, it was a little weird. Like, it did not have the visuals and the, like, the fun was all there on screen. But it was not my favorite music video in all of Sensei. Because, uh, yeah, I think that this episode, if you were to compare it to, like, Happy Fucking New Year. Yeah. Happy Fucking New Year, the music videos are off the chain. Yeah. Like, it's awesome. Back to back to back. And then this one, the song choice isn't quite as compelling. Hmm. Um, but the story and character stuff is a little more consequential. Mm-hmm. Um, I love everybody hanging out in the car and like yeah. standing up in the car. That was cute. Mm-hmm. And dancing in the train and then you cut and it's just Will like going in his seat like, <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a cute sequence that breaks things up a little bit, but I was not a big fan of the song. I, I wish I hadn't seen this in the Netflix thumbnails. I've yeah. I also saw the car thing in the thumbnail. It's like before we even started the show, you've seen this shot because it's in the like preview on Netflix. Uh, Because I knew once we saw the car, I'm like, oh, this is the car that everyone's going to dance in. Uh, The best people singing and dancing in a car scene still, unfortunately, belongs to white chicks when they sing Michelle Branch with Terry Crews. (laughs) 
but you know, what it's a, a tight pull. race. What a pull. Thanks, bud. Um, and so that, uh, basically brings us to our act break. So we come back from our act break with uh, everybody's in Naples now. And look who's here. It's Felix. And not only that, but he's looking great. He And he's like, I brought protection from Fuchs. He heard, he heard you were dealing with some shit. And he decided he would just give you an arsenal full of guns uh-huh. in a trunk of a car, which is sick. Yeah. Uh, Random. Yes. Uh, okay. So I was just confirming the tour thing is coming up next, right? Yeah, so essentially here we get into Naples and the thing we have to figure out, Felix is here, we also meet Diego at the airport or whatever. <laughs> um, so that's fun. Why not? The thing we have to figure out is... Oh, Puck also is here. Oh, Puck is here too. Yeah. And Puck brings us somewhere where we can like uh, hide out and figure out our next move. Yeah. Um, Puck's part of a group of sensates that have been hunting leela's cluster because leela's cluster has been selling out other sensates and helping bpo mm-hmm. um everybody is calling them collaborators mm-hmm. um and we have to figure out well what do we do oh shoot they're in this particular building that's going to be impossible to get into and then hernando has the brilliant idea of what we need here is a trojan horse um i love that every side character gets a moment to like do their their cool thing yeah like danny got to do a little gunplay stuff and have this great moment of like fuck you whispers for being such a bully hernando is like well not to be too much of a nerd (laughs) genius but i have a great idea Um, he wears a bright orange suit and becomes a tour guide it's awesome on a (laughs) bus that was painted by caffius i believe yeah the the one of my favorite moments in the episode is when I think Nomi goes to talk to Caffius like in the garage he's while like he's spray singing. painting the van and he's doing this like crab walk to like a techno song yeah. while he gets the paint on the van. It's such a fun little shot. It is fun. My only comment on that because it happens. There's like two shots of him like having fun. Yeah. And I was like, did they like really want to turn the knob back the other direction? Like we need him to be more like Amal Amin, like make him fun because like Caffius hasn't been fun enough for this whole season. That was my one like cynical thing thought about this was like they realized they never this character this actor never reached the height of the other guy. Yeah, I think um we could have a broader conversation about um s- some of the sensates and like what gets left on the table when they join the plot. Yeah. The big plot here. Is that something you you would want to talk about now? Well, this is uh, I think it'll come up. Yeah, I I, we can talk about it a little later. But mm-hmm. yeah, I think the same thing kind of happens to Leto a little bit too. Of like, let's make both of these guys more of comedic relief characters in the ensemble. Yeah. Um, Leto talking about yeah. carbs. I was like, I guess he has talked about food literally in previous episodes. But I was just like, yeah, there's just a few too many jokes of like, I'm an actor. I'm doing an actor thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so we pose as a tour group to get into this uh building where leela's hiding whispers and a hilarious great sequence where they're all pretending to be tourists from different parts of the world and i love that they're like 
weaponizing their diversity Bingo. like that. Bingo. Uh, this is my favorite scene in the episode. It's really cool. Um, and they're all speaking their native languages is like part of it. Yes. It's it's great. It It's like fun. It's tense. It turns into an awesome action sequence. It's part of the show and this message of like inclusivity and diversity and like everybody just being in a big pile of people is like yeah. this great thing. Um, such a fun sequence. This is like when I dream of like, if I want to be an actor someday, this is the kind of thing I want to be able to do. Just any scene like this where it starts with us in like bright, uh, like pastel outfits and we're all doing this bit exactly like you say of like Sun and Mun. And they are, my roommate was remarking on this. They are all like a specific stereotype of a tour of tourists. Right. Where they are like the couple who's like, oh, picture, picture. And like Caffius is like the like African driver who's like, oh, hello, sir. And like he like tries to be very friendly, but like he's clearly thinking about stuff. And then like Kala and Rajan are the like married couple who like have a little bit of tension. It's like. And then Will and Riley are like the like white people. They're just the like, hey, what's the sights here? They are perfectly playing tourists of their nationalities. Uh, right. It's right. like it 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 acknowledges it's the most like we know how racism works and we're weaponizing it, like you said. Yeah. And we're gonna take your assumptions and blow your mind so much and then jump the fuck out of this car and blow it up. Yeah. So awesome. That was great. And that's the best way that they break to, for them to break into Leela's uh, compound. Yeah, and so then we have this extended sequence where we're moving through the compound and killing the guards. And I mean, this part could be a little shorter. It, it could be. It's also a classic like problem that video games have too, where it's like we're the good guys, right? And you have a moment where even I'm sitting there thinking like, God, they're killing a lot of people, and then. Kala like shoots a guy and Rajan's like, oh my God, you're a killer. My wife, a killer. And for a second, it's like, okay, okay. yeah. Say more. And then he's like, teach me how to be a killer. <laughs> She's uh, like, only, sh- only aim at whoever you're playing to shoot. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So it gets a little, a little video gamey, I think, in Big a time. way that's kind of, I mean, you know, what are you going to do in a show like this that also wants to be an action show? You can't not shoot the guys that are shooting at you, I guess. But it definitely is a little bit strange. Um, I mean, she's in medicine. Like, she's literally in medicine. And yet she's like, I'm murdering people. And I don't, not that you don't, I don't care. Yeah. But like, it's gleeful. There's yeah. like a fun to this. It's yeah. An action movie thing. Yeah. There is a lot of, I think that's part of what makes it weird is a lot of the characters are just like, like Mun makes this comment of, Oh, Miss Bach, I could do this with you all day. Like yeah. after they beat up a bunch of dudes. And it's like, I'm glad you're having fun, but this is violent. <laughs> like murdering human beings. Like, yeah. okay, this is yeah. I think it can sound like we're sticks in the mud though, to be like, why are the people in the action movie killing yeah. people? But like I think it but I think it's a dissonance worth acknowledging. Yeah. And part of, you know, what's a little strange about Sensate as a show mm-hmm. is it is both like where are all these people in each other's brains hanging out and getting to know each other and figuring out our lives? Also, we are in the Matrix. Don't call killers. <laughs> and th- <laughs> do, sometimes those things fit really well together and sometimes there's a, a friction. Yeah. Um, yeah. And speaking of f- friction, a little bit of tension with Leela, like hunting them down and like popping dudes and shooting people. Yeah. She gets a shot in on Kala. Ouch. Gets her in the stomach. Ouchie. We spend like a straight two minutes of everyone going, ouch. Cut to next person. Ooh, ouch. Next person. Ooh, owie. And it's like, okay, we all fall down in slow motion. We all felt it. 
Uh. And I'm thinking, do they do they have the balls to kill a character right now? I'm really sad if they're going to kill Kala. And then, like, Rajan goes on top of her and, like, well, then separately Wolfgang goes on top of her and both of them go, I think she's dead. Oh, my God. And you're like, oh, I'm going to sit with this for a couple seconds. They killed a character on set. Oh. <laughs> no, they fucking didn't. Yeah, Kala's like, hello. Hello. I'm not dead. This is... This is another like really creative thing I would have liked to see done in a bigger scene uh, or like an episode yeah. is that as long as you're still conscious, you can visit other people. Mm. So she visits Wolfgang and it's like, hey, that's my body right there. I'm not. It's like she's a ghost. Yeah. I'm not dead. I'm still breathing. Yeah. And when he starts resuscitating her because she says, you know, press down on my stomach and then like give me oxygen. She says, I can hear you, which uh, is like so interesting. Like my body can hear you now. Yeah. And they manage to bring her back to life. She basically revives herself. Yeah, which is what ends up making me like this moment because, uh, you know, there is something about they threaten to kill a bunch of characters that then they don't kill. Did Ursa die? Oh, fuck if I know. <laughs> There's this random thing. Like, fast forward, Mr. Hoy didn't die. Nope. He says to Riley, like... His wife killed a bunch of people. Oh, not his... That's who it was. Not his wife. It was his buddy's wife. Right, right, right. Sorry. The, the that's guy what it was. Wife. Okay. Irsa just didn't show up to the wedding, I think. Yeah. Okay. Never mind. Um. Anyway. Yeah. There's this... A few moments where it's like, oh, this person, that person. The only person that kills Jonas. Yes. Which like... Dead, dead. And have, Whispers and... Yeah, the bad guys Lee, die. Yeah, the bad yeah. guys die. Um, Jonas is the only quote-unquote good, uh, good guy who dies. Yeah. Um... They make all those threats, but then they don't follow through with it. But what I do like is we. Uh, it would have been worse to have the version of the show where Kala dies, mm-hmm. and then Rajan and Wolfgang are like, "Let's go, bro. Let's yeah. fucking kill these people for our lady." Like that would have not been good, right? So it is. I also really liked it that she was the one who saved her saved own herself. life. Yeah, um, and like, and they tase her too. <laughs> it's like. Kind of intense the way that she gets resuscitated. Yeah, and it, I think it's part of you know to speak more broadly about the Kala Rajan Wolfgang plot. They really deftly get us from I'm having an affair in my brain to like the three of us are like bonded together um, by having Rajan save Wolfgang's life by having the two of them fall to their knees together to save Kala you know there's like a lot of we are in this together and we like really care about each other stuff going on here that I think makes where that plot goes it still feels like wish fulfillment yeah. fantasy like that's the show though which is the show but at least they do the legwork to kind of explain like how this could work or why these characters are able to make yeah. this work yeah yeah it's as it's set up here, I'm thinking to myself, they have to resolve this. We literally get a scene a couple minutes later where they both come to Kala and she's like, you know, like, yeah, she talks to Mr. Hoy and is like, I don't know what to do. And he's like, and he says, like, possibilities cracked wide open when you guys all decided to share a brain or whatever. That's like Bug. Who's I'm sorry, that. Bug. What did I say? Yeah, Mr. Hoy. Sorry, sorry. Bug, who's like, yeah, possibility cracked wide open. You can do whatever you want. And her decision is to kiss them separately like with Wolfgang in her head and Rajan physically uh-huh. and neither of them realize it. And I was like, is this, she's just doing it again. Except now she's in front of both of them. Right. Like she's Leela basically right now being like, I'm like having, you know, I'm having sex with someone just through their mind. Uh-huh. And I'm like, this is a really weird way to resolve that. But 
throughout the rest of this episode, they are setting up these two guys talk to each other and they listen to each other. And even though Kala is nervous about having the conversation, it's being had. Right. Whether right. we're seeing it on screen or not, it's being had. We're realizing Rajan's a little bit fluid. Wolfgang's always been kind of fluid. And Kala's yeah. happy with that nobody's fighting. Right. And this is how some poly relationships can start. Mm -hmm. So uh, I want to get back to that when we get to the sex scene. Because I think that's the best like moment of it. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we all get out of the uh, the compound and um, everyone like slow-mo runs out to go catch uh, the helicopter that's left. We get the final Jonas lore dump here. Yeah. Basically answers all the questions you might have had about Angelica. Long story short, Angelica was in fact a double agent. She was working to destroy the compound and everything with the help of two people in her cluster, one of whom had doubts. So she had to kill him? Yeah. So what the way that the sequence goes is Angelica's big plan is to blow up the chairman yeah. and blow up the whole drone project in one fell swoop. Right. Um, and Jonah says that she was able to get in two of their cluster members into the, into the place. Mm -hmm. And if I'm understanding correctly, she was like kind of controlling the one person, the woman. Yeah. Yeah. And the guy, yeah, kind of had doubts and tried to warn the BPO people about what was going on. Yeah. And so Angelica had to, like, go off script and kill him mm -hmm. and then try and run into the place with the bomb and was able to do some serious damage but was not able to accomplish the goal of ending the program and killing the chairman and killing whispers. And right. All that stuff. She's the reason his face is burned though. It's not right. because it's someone we know, but it's because he has a physical marking from that right. moment. Right. And Jonas is like, she was always working for us. It was like a noble sacrifice and I need to make one too. Mm -hmm. So uh, he then proceeds to actually blow up the compound for good this time, uh -huh. but not before uh, jumping into uh, the same guy who whispers tested this drone program on initially right and he was doing things with like raul and uh, and all of that uh that same guy is like with them as they're getting to the helicopter uh jonas gets in him and he shoots the chairman in the head mm. baller yeah. right after leela's like your deal was to show me your face which again we see his face he's like sure i'll show it to you and it's just a guy <laughs> i don't know why they did that just so we wouldn't have questions about it i guess yeah, I guess part of it was also like my face is burned from the explosion and I'm yeah. that's why I hate you kind of like to give one last piece of justification of like why is he doing this? Yeah. But bitterness. Yeah. And it was kind of a funny moment where he's trying to give his villain monologue and he gets shot in the head <laughs> and the bright red ketchup blood splatters on oh, Whispers' yeah. face whispers, and yeah. Leela. Um yeah. I also love that moment where Whispers recognizes the drone guy. Yeah. And he's like, uh, oh, Ooh, beans. somebody minute. knows how to get into you. Because Jonas makes this whole thing about like, we gave him a helmet that he thought only worked for Whispers. But we have a totally other helmet two feet away. That's our helmet. And it's a universal helmet. Yeah. So I can get into that guy too. Yeah. Uh, Jonas dies in the explosion. Rest in peace, Jonas. For real this time. Actually mm -hmm. a good death, I guess. Yeah. yeah. And now the helicopter is getting away with Leela and Whispers though. Uh-oh. Well, Wolfgang has one skill, and that is wielding an RPG. <sighs> so they pull it out of the trunk, and he perfectly aims at the helicopter and blows them out of the sky. Mm -hmm. This is the show being like, stop, don't worry about it. <laughs> villains, they're dead. They, it blew up. You watched it blow up. It's done. Yeah, We have no more villains. And you're like, but there's about 30 minutes left in the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
What could this possibly where, be from here? Where are we going? We're going to the Eiffel Tower uh, for Nomi Naminita's wedding. Yeah, we, Extended. we jump forward in time a little yes. bit. Um, it's not clear how much time, but what we know has transpired is our friends are now in charge of BPO. There's been some kind of an agreement. Maybe like sensates are a more known thing in the world or something. We have some kind of peace agreement. Um, but whatever the case is, this is the Wayne's world, like super happy, mega happy ending. Totally. Um, that involves every character you could possibly want to see coming and hanging out at this wedding. Mm -hmm. Riley's dad is there to play the freaking piano. Of course. Uh, Zakia and Jella are here and his mom and Silas Kabaka. (laughs) (laughs) Oh yeah. I forgot. He's in the background for two seconds. Yeah. So everybody's the the gang's all here diego's here diego's here uh, yeah felix is obviously here yep everybody every single character who's still alive that you can think of bug is here it, flirting with a woman oh mm-hmm. what's going on there uh really cute moment um you know mun and son their relationship has advanced at this point yeah and he's like you know i want to meet your family someday and then it's like oh we cut to him meeting her family which is him snuggling with the dog and i was yeah, like that was nice. oh so cute that was nice. so saccharin and then the most like this is all wish fulfillment filming on the eiffel tower the dream yes, wedding yes yeah because there's a scene early in the episode where nomi and amida on a roof of the place in paris are like we're in paris and we're so happy we're in this dream place but we're not happy because we're worried and right i really wanted to you know amida says like i dreamt of dating a like aloof french woman and all this stuff and then like i wrote books while she like made me food and then in their vows uh nomi is like i want to be the French girl mm-hmm. for you, which mm-hmm. is very sweet. And they talk about wanting to live long together and have their dreams together. It's wonderful. Miss Elsa Dawi is the person who oversees their wedding. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's no questions. But the, yeah, the most wish fulfillment thing really, really is Nomi's parents come. It's just so funny. <laughs> her dad is like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm here. And her mom is like you know kind of hesitant at first and then i think it's bug who hands her the brownie no it was the i think it was the same characters who were hanging oh, out the with drag them people from, from season one from the flashback in the park i didn't realize that was those people until just now i think it was yeah it was and they are handing out like pot brownies or something or some kind LSD of drug or mushrooms yeah whatever or it is and they unlock her consciousness such that <laughs> yeah. they killed the transphobia in her <laughs> somehow magically. Yeah. Drugs can can fix transphobia because she goes up to her daughter and over and over again goes, "Know me, know me, know me." What a beautiful name, know me. <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ, we fixed it. I wish it worked like this. That's so sick and based and silly. <laughs> It's fine. And then, yeah, yeah. why didn't we go to France? The dad is like, oh, wee, wee, wee. But, like, it's cute. Uh-huh. This is all very nice. And then they dance. Yeah. I I will say the vows themselves were beautiful. Yes. And I want to, like, per- read that script sometime. Yeah. In particular, Nomi's vows, like, brought me to tears a little bit because of the conversation she had in there about, like, this sort of complicated relationship that she has to change and to people changing for obvious reasons uh and like how permanence is kind of like a scary thing 
but also a beautiful thing and change is scary but also beautiful and i want to forever watch you change and like that i want to see your hairstyles and i want to see your lifestyle change yeah yeah so just really really a special moment that i loved and i love that it was like so true and you watch amanita's reactions where at first she's kind of like Oh, you're freaking me out a little bit here. Like you tore up your vows. Are you scared to be with me? Mm-hmm. And for that to be like so raw and complete and honest, mm-hmm. um, I just thought it was a slam dunk of a moment. Yeah. I, I loved it. Yeah. It's coming. And it's again, like the reason the Nomi Amanita plot works so well is it's coming directly from Wookat Lana's right. life. Right. I mean, Amanita like almost exactly has her hairstyle <laughs> and Nomi's clearly written based on her in some ways and yeah. maybe her partner. So like, it feels just like these might have might as well have been her vows. Right. They're so like specific. Right. Um, the moment where fiction and reality blended for me was actually in the credits. Um, because so like we let's talk about the ending and then I'll talk about the credits and why this why yeah. like fiction becomes reality for a sec. Yeah. Um the wedding concludes and we go to the hotel uh-huh. and it's sensate and you didn't have a sex scene in the finale. What the hell? <laughs> what do people do after a wedding? I mean, usually at least the bride and groom like tend to have sex after a wedding because they're married now. Uh-huh. Everyone, everyone in their hotel rooms decides this is the time to do it, which becomes a like probably like 16 person orgy at least. Yeah, something like that. It starts with everybody like separately. And I mean, what room do you like? There was like those, those memes that are like, which like Nickelodeon character at the lunch table do you want to sit with? Uh-huh. Which orgy in the sensei finale do you want to be with? <laughs> That's uh, funny. Do do you have an, is there a particular group uh, well, that you're like oh this is the, really sweet. I mean what are the options? Riley and Will, right? Totally heterosex. <laughs> yeah, Nomi Nominita and the Return of the Strap on the, the Pilot. Let's go. Which, by the way, the fact the last shot of the show is the, the fade rainbow. out on that the dripping strap on, and then it says for our fans, goaded, awesome, based, like, yeah, incredible. Anything I ever said in our conversations about the pilot of like, whoa, strap, sexual. drip, drippy, whatever. It's like, no, this is awesome. This is good. It looped around. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's two rooms. There's uh-huh. the Danny Hernando Lido room. There's the... <laughs> Which, by the way, is extra funny because Hernando and uh, and Lido are trying to kiss and Danny keeps being like, mm, I want some. No, I want some. And she's like kissing both of them in between them. It's like so uh, funny. Yeah. Uh, who else is having sex in there? Um, uh, Zakia and Caffius. Yep. Yep. Elegant. There's, um... Lots of nudity in that one. Yeah. There's the Wolfgang, uh, Wolfgang Kala and Rajan room. Uh-huh. Sun and Mun. Yeah. Uh, is that it? That one's really tender as well. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. I think I would be in the Sun and Mun room because there's that little moment where he, like, launches the sock and he's... he's <laughs> having a little fun with it yeah he is it's very silly yeah yeah so that seemed like a nice place to be i think that's hap- that has happened where someone launches a sock before having sex just yeah, to like lighten I'm the mood sure, a little bit I'm yeah sure. so yeah. cute uh wolfgang kala rajan for me the little pat that wolfgang puts on the bed of like yeah let's yeah. forget about this whole plot and just well, have a little fun it's and this is like to conclude our points about this yeah it's rajan being like any reason I have to disagree with this is going to just get in the way of things. Right. Like, what What? Like, what like, am I holding on to that's preventing me from wanting to do this? Yeah. Because it's not like he is just another man that I don't know. He is, like, 
sharing a brain with your wife. Like, so you actually have a really personal relationship with Wolfgang that you're now coming to terms with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like the, a traditional poly relationship. Like you guys have something. Yeah. And I think it's Rajan realizing that like, yeah, I might, I'm attracted to you. There's like yeah. something there. And um, I, I love that that, because, you know, the tough thing about, I mean, again, this is like such a wish fulfillment mm-hmm. plot moment, mm-hmm. but the tough thing about the Rajan Kala Wolfgang plot, if you're going to have a show that ends with like this rapturous affirmation of love and love conquers all and everything's cool, uh, you it would be really hard to have that ending if Kala had made a choice. Um, yeah. And so it feels right to me that they like figure it out in the moment that where the bass drops and it's like full on orgy time is the moment where Rajan and Wolfgang kiss each other. Yeah. Cause that's like the rift that's here that needs to be healed. Um, and that was just like a, a pretty beautiful moment to witness. You Even- make, you make a really good point by the way that like no choice that she made would have been satisfying for the viewer. If she right. One or the other. Right. We would have felt bad. Yeah, because one of a character that we really like would be really sad, <laughs> which because they've never see. fully made us hate Rajan, and we obviously like Wolfgang. He's one of the funniest characters on the show. Yeah. So you just can't, unless she was like, you know, what my roommate suggested many weeks ago. Like, what if she chose no one? Which is not going to happen. This is a show right. about love and people loving each other. Right. So I think it works. It's as wish fulfillmenty as Nomi's mom is cured of transphobia. Like it's just right, right. the same. Like, and the truth is. This is the like optimist versus cynic in me. Maybe these things don't last. Maybe that poly relationship doesn't last very long. But it's right. like Whispers was saying, like who or like Amani was saying against Whispers, who cares? Right. Love is love. Right now it matters. Like yeah. maybe a week after this, they're like, uh, actually we need to like live together. We don't want Wolfgang to live with us or whatever. Right. And they don't do this, but at least for this evening, they're like, Yeah, this is fine. Yeah. Yeah, because I think it's really such a core part of the message of this finale and of the show, uh, which is like, what if, what if it worked? What if it's great? What right. if like we could have this thing? Yeah. Um, and I like what you're saying there that like the point of this is not, it's not happily ever after. Right. It's not freeze frame. Like Wolfgang went on to move to India, like he said, or something like that. But it is the fact that this moment is possible and is happening is the thing that mm-hmm. matters more than anything else. Bingo. Yeah, I like that. So it's very sweet, and it fades to black, and we get the message in all lowercase for our fans, which really summarizes this finale, summarizes this finale. It was always for the fans. It was for people who shipped these characters and who wanted answers for the little mysteries that were laid across the way, and for people who wanted one more fun action, sex scene, whatever. We got all of that. And then... Uh, Again, fiction becomes a reality. Rather Be by Clean Bandit starts playing because it's 2014 again and I'm in college and I'm fucking having thoughts about my life. And uh, we start seeing like the cast and crew of Sensei dancing and producing this this finale in this season, I think, uh, with all of the cast and crew hanging out and like Lana's there dancing with them in the final wedding scene. Uh, I think though, like what's funny is in one of the like, you know, beautiful like, oh my god, everyone loves each other moments. We see that the book that Nomi was looking for at City Lights uh, was Venus Castina by C.J. Boulier, which is a French collection of stories uh, about being a woman trapped in a man's body. 
which is like the most on the nose trans woman thing ever. It's awesome though. And it seems like a good book. Uh, and then as the credits end, the production company is called Venus Castina LLC. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it, it's, it was always like a show about the creators. Like they right. made a show about themselves. Yeah. How can I critique and hate a show that's like this personal and lovely? Right. I can't. Yeah. You know, all of my notes here are like, this was nice. This was nice. This was nice. And it's like fucking done. Sensei, it was a nice show that made me happy. Yeah. So. Yeah. I can't fault the show for being messy and weird because sometimes queer stories are really messy and weird. And this is a good one of them. Yeah. I can safely say that. I'm really glad I got to finish it. Yeah, me too. And I think it is important in the landscape of queer storytelling that like a story that is this ultimately optimistic, mm -hmm. positive, and like direct about what these queer relationships of various kinds look like in the show the fact that it is here and it's on netflix yeah <laughs> it's like that matters <laughs> um and you know i think that that i think there deserves to be more conversation about sensei in that regard mm -hmm. uh, as well as i think it's a well-crafted show in, in many parts and it was really entertaining but my suspicion is that sensei will stand the test of time and will maybe even like become you know a more di widely discussed cult classic show you know down the line when storytelling more broadly like catches up like television storytelling catches yeah. up to certain parts of it and then people can be like well actually in 2015 like there's this really clever show about like yeah you know, the unique the singularity of humanity yeah uh yeah i think often I experienced this like as I've come to understand like gender and sexuality more that like it sometimes sucks knowing the rest of the world is going to catch up to you, mm. but they will mm -hmm. slowly over time. You're going to be like, yep, everyone else got it. And to see something that's like so specific and so like future facing as sense eight is, it's like, yeah, yeah. we're going to get there. Right. And we spent critics and myself included spent so much of watching the first season going like, uh, it's like a little corny and it's like a little bit too lewd and like it's awkward mm. and it's like we were not caught up to it we're not there yet we're still not there mm. watching this i'm like yeah this is still a mess of a finale but like yeah. we'll get there someday that we can make an existing stories like sensate you know yeah because we're it's it's true the internet brings people together and has made connection feel like magic mm. and has made that mm. become reality so yeah they, that's that's my that's my final thoughts on it yeah did you have any big straight notes on the finale you want to talk about um let's see i think there are a bunch of random things that i liked from the episode that we didn't touch on mm -hmm. um i think if we're to you know what this gets right is it lands the tone of sensate it lands the message that we've been talking about it gives you the kinds of scenes that you want and I think if you're to knock the finale at all, it's just a knock against the fact that it isn't a full season of television. Right. And so there's just some, like we alluded to earlier, there's some plots that are kind of left on the cutting room floor here. Like there's a brief allusion to, oh, Caffius, like people are wondering about your political campaign. And he's like, uh. I gotta go. There's a moment where where Danielle is on the phone with uh, the prob the, probably Andy Dick's Dick. character. And Leto's like, am I fired? And she's like, Ey. Ey. and, uh, you know, those plots are just kind of 
tossed off mm-hmm. or there's a moment where Mun is talking to someone and he's like, yeah, son got cleared of all charges and now everything's cool. And I can't be a detective anymore. So like, yeah, I guess we're going to just live together. All right. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, and then like whatever was going on with Rajan is not really explained. Yeah. And I think they made the right choices about, okay, you have two and a half hours to take your notes on what eight hours of storytelling would have been and make it work. But, uh, you know, it was canceled before they were able to really resolve that stuff. So there are going to be some things like, I guess what I'm saying is it is, uh, true that sensate as a narrative experience does not fully close all of those loops. Mm -hmm. And in many ways in season two started storylines that like, it couldn't have possibly closed. Yeah. We could kind of smell from the beginning, like this isn't really going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but if you can make peace with that, I think the finale is like a really good finale tonally, um, thematically, and narratively for like certain parts of the narrative. Definitely. So, yeah, that's what I would say about it. Uh, and then, of course, it's a big letdown that Diego doesn't have a kiss with Will. Like, <laughs> that's the one thing that could have made this better is if it was Will Riley and Diego was in there. Like, come they on. know that there's only a couple Diego fans, and we're two of them. We're the only two of them. <laughs> but they alluded to it in the workout scene. Yeah, they did. Well, they uh, all they also alluded to Lino and him, and they did allude. They that came back. Toledo and Will, uh-huh. so that at least yeah. was something. Um, I have a a pitch. Oh, we should rank the sensates. Yeah, we will. Um, so I have a pitch when we get to that okay. for what could have happened to one of them. Mm-hmm. I have some random lines and stuff from mm-hmm. the episode, if I could run through those. We can. Um, okay, so let's see here. I love the moment where everybody's kind of snipping at each other in the sensate house towards the beginning and someone's like oh nomi can do this and nomi's like nomi's not going to do anything until she has her coffee yeah uh that was kind of funny and then everybody's yelling at each other and will's like let's take a breath and suddenly we're all on the roof with sun doing tai chi in the sunlight that that was my first note was them doing tai chi together was really cute that was a nice a nice moment um there's a line early where I think it's Jonas who says pain binds us better to one another than anything else. I believe so, yeah. And I like that that like Jonas and Whispers are both characters who kind of present alternative philosophies to what the ultimate philosophy of the episode is, mm-hmm. which is a kind of repudiation of that. Like mm-hmm. pain is not the most powerful thing that binds us together. It's love. Right. And it's good to have people say things that are not what the show believes. Yeah. And it's you know, I think they handled Jonas really well in this episode as this tragic figure who it's like too late for him to yeah. to have the ending that everybody else gets to exactly. have. Um, and it's like kind of tragic and to watch him watch what this like older generation had to go through and sacrifice to make this ending possible um, is like a really touching thing, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. Daryl Hannah looks a lot like jennifer coolidge you noted that i guess so like enough i think jennifer coolidge has just been in the algorithm lately Mm -hmm. is that who i'm thinking of yeah yeah she also just was like on the golden globes yeah and she's on that show i forget the name of it's like Uh, the white lotus yeah she's on that 
Um, so that was throwing me off. And then also they had Angelica in this silly outfit. Like her scientist outfit oh, was yeah. like a lab coat and like no pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what yeah. are we doing? They're trying to be a little sexy, but not too sexy. Yeah, yeah. Um, they kept flashing back to that like little scene of her and Jonas playing the ukuleles together, which was cute. Also the orgy scene, I thought it was amusing that it was half orgy and half like let's flash back to every, every major romantic or touching scene of the yeah, show. Yes. Yeah. That was fun. Yep. Um let's see what else I have here. I have a quick one. Yeah. Bug's shirt when he gets introduced back into the show says weird but nice. In case you weren't <laughs> sure what this character's deal is, you just read his shirt. That's good. His <laughs> outfit at the wedding was great. He had this like ice cream pin and then he had this cuff link that was like a one of the conversation hearts, like the Valentine's Day things. Huge Magellan out of wedding energy. Oh my god, I wish. Somebody had a field day making Dressing bugs. The actor, yeah. yeah totally. Outfits, yeah. Um let's see. Rajan had a few great lines in the course of his like radical acceptance of Kala's life mm-hmm. where she's like, you believe me? And he says, could you concoct a lie of this extraordinary yeah. magnitude? <laughs> he was like, what else am I supposed yeah. to do? And then he had said this great thing uh, where he said that he was learning that the woman I love is so much more than the woman I married, which is a, mm. a nice sentiment. Uh, and you know everyone's like, "Oh, Raja, Raja, Habib, oh. so good." Um, oh, I have yeah. a really quick one. Yeah, uh, when Mister Hoy is back, and they have all those scenes where Sutra's like, "People are getting killed," and then this like random Asian guy is like, "People are getting killed in my area too." That guy is speaking Cantonese, yeah. uh, as my roommate pointed out to me, because he speaks Cantonese as well. Almost definitely, that's a because we looked the actor up too, British actor probably learned a little bit of Cantonese because he said it sounds like he it's not his first language. Uh, it's a fun huh. little like because the same thing with uh River. River yeah. sounds like my mom. River uh, El Sadawi has like my mom's accent. So I huh. looked her up. She's Egyptian. Okay. And but so she has like colonized British Arabic huh. uh, accent. She's speaking English. She doesn't speak Arabic in this, but like her accent sounds like my mom if she had like more British to it. Uh-huh. Basically. Huh. Just like accent stuff I like huh. I like um let's see mm-hmm. a couple other random lines when the chairman visits wolfgang he says you're supposed to say trick or treat that's funny yes <laughs> <laughs> bug says i can't believe i'm actually in one of those planning scenes and it was a meta <laughs> moment that i actually liked because it was bug saying it so that was good i saw a review that was like there's too many winking and nodding scenes in this finale another great rajan moment he has this like big reflection on his life and everything that's happened and then Caffius is like what what'd you say and he says i said things change so fast yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> Caffius is like yeah they do they do hell yeah that was a weirdly realistic moment where you try to make like a big comment in like a like in an, like in a loud room or something someone's like what did you say and you're like i, I don't want to repeat it a third time just <laughs> yeah i'm doing good yeah I also love the moment where uh, Rajan talks about the doctor they went to in Italy to, to help with Kala's gunshot wound. Yeah. And then I think it's Felix who's like, oh, doctor. And Rajan's like, let me tell you the story of the time I broke my dick. And <laughs> Kala's like, no, 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 Oh, because no. they both have doctor stories. He's like, I get shot every five minutes. And then Rajan's like, I oh, got my right. dick broken That's in right. <laughs> they both were talking about how they were in the hospital. Yes. Yeah. yes. That was a nice meet cute between mm-hmm. the two of them. 
Um, I love seeing Mr. Hoy dancing at the wedding. Yes. That was awesome. Yes. Um, and then I had a lot of Rajan quotes. There, after, <laughs> after the sex scene, he says, my God, I didn't think such a thing, such things were possible. Yeah. Me too, That buddy. was nice. I think he gets the last line. Is that the last line? I think so. Of like spoken word, yeah. I think than, so. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> they actually don't. There's no sex sounds. In yeah, this, thankfully. yeah, it's tasteful. Imagine the like expectations versus reality, where like what we see is like beautiful music and just bodies, but what we hear is like I'm not gonna do it, but just like the sounds of people having sex. It's great. Of sixteen people. Yeah, I'm glad that is not what it is. I'm not. I want to hear it. Give me the give me the uncut version. Oh my gosh. Uh, I had a qu- did you notice the whole thing when they get to, to Naples uh, first of all Will calls Lila or Lila a Kimura queen because she's apparently in the mafia this is a like last minute or she has ties to the mafia oh is that who all those guys were yeah okay and then also she walks them through the streets of, of Naples and is like here's a brief history of Naples and how it's different from Italy and how we had all these revolutions on this street and this street and that uh-huh. was a moment of like did this actress request some like history lesson? It has nothing to do with anything. It's just the villain being like, "Hey, welcome yeah. to my city." I thought it was funny that she tries to flirt with Wolfgang, and he's like, "Fuck you!" And then she walks across the room and very half-heartedly is like, "Hey, Will, should I flirt with you?" And there's zero sexual chemistry None. between the two of them. No. Um, I think the biggest letdown for me that we could have expected but didn't get mm-hmm. is like. A fight scene with her cluster. Because yeah. there's two guys in her cluster that keep showing up like, hey, what? we hey. should do this. Yeah. Oh, I'll fight them. And mm-hmm. she's like, it's fine. Or no, go away. And I just wanted them to fight. Yeah. We didn't have a big cluster fight. A big cluster fuck. That oh, no, we got that. <laughs> we did get that. But that would have been cooler to me than let's mow through all these like mobster guys in the in the compound unnamed mobster people yeah yeah sensei should fight each other yeah but the show is probably arguing that like no they should get along with each other but like what i think maybe they just didn't have a concept for what that fight could look like i don't know more like or it might be too visually confusing yeah 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 who's on which side so many cuts uh is that your last one that's my last straight note yeah my last one was i kept thinking the whole time about like how in the world did you guys film the Eiffel Tower? Or even in universe, how did you get a wedding in the Eiffel Tower? And then River is like, guys, I'm a menace. Like, I'm like in government. And uh-huh. this is a one-time thing. And I, yeah. I permitted this. Like, they actually made an in-universe reason for why they could do this. Yeah. Which I thought was charming. Like, yeah, they know that people who are weird like me. And they're going to be like, well, then you can't do stuff on the Eiffel Tower. Right. Um, that's all I got. Yeah. Should we rank the Sensates? Let's do one it. final ranking. And I think... To me, the way that I'm thinking about this ranking is like... You had a pitch, you said. Uh, I have a pitch for what I wish had happened with one of their storylines. Okay. Um, I think for me, this ranking is like, at the end of the day, who's like, I don't know, story was the most engaging? Yeah. Or like, that feels like the... Because we love all of them. Yeah. By the end, all, if you don't love everyone, then like, what are you watching? Yeah. But uh, let's do our final ranking here. So as of a couple episodes ago, the order of the Sensates was Lido, Nomi, Kala, Wolfgang, Sun, Will, Caffius, and Riley. Yes. Um, so 
Start from the top and go down. So yeah, so Lido's currently number one. Yep. We'll do this King of the Hill style. Yep. Lido versus Nomi. I think Nomi is above Lido. I think so. Um, okay, so we have... That means that's Lido versus Kala. Yeah, so we have Nomi, Lido. Where does Kala fit in between yeah. those? Uh, what do you think? As of this episode, above Lido, I think. I think so. It's more interesting to me. Yeah, there's like... There's something about Leto's plot just not not quite having a resolution. Like it mm-hmm. resolves and then goes a little bit past its resolution to the point where we have to like not do some exactly. of the stuff we started Precisely. setting up. And I also wish there's a missed opportunity here because there are like side characters who are let in on the sensate reality here in this episode. And so like with Nomi and Amanita, they have so much time to sit with that and process it and figure out what does it mean for our relationship that you're a sensate and I'm not a sensate. But the, like these other people don't. Yeah, Lido and Hernando don't really get that moment. And exactly. like Hernando's so intellectual and like has moments where he's like, Oh my god, this is like the most amazing thing I've ever heard of. Right. And I just wish we could have seen him process that a little bit more. Exactly. We so yeah this is where i would love like some more media yeah whether it's another season or just like give me a comic about like the continuing yeah challenges of mexico city gang you know yeah um okay so currently it's nomi Kalalito. yeah and then wolfgang coming into the mix here where does he fit into that mix i think, I think the, every... new, the new revelations didn't enhance my like, love of him yeah and we like totally dropped I mean, we knew the like the Kings of Berlin thing yeah, was like a silly thing, mm-hmm. and we just like dropped it. So to me, he's below Leto, mm-hmm. like he's the lowest of the four. Same. Everything that I like about Wolfgang in this finale is tied to his relationship with Kala, right? Um, and I kind of consider him like having been sucked into her plot almost. Yeah. But by the time we get to the end of this, um, Sun, I think goes up in my estimations the sun mun thing was really entertaining Mm -hmm. and like her whole i'm gonna kill my brother sequence was awesome yeah one of the best action sequences of the whole series yeah so i don't know where would you put her i feel like she needs to rise the ranks here a bit i would argue above above leto below kala this is where it feels of, which is number number three. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like that. I like that. And that's close. Yeah. Like she's almost number two for me. So Yeah. Uh Will Will has run out of plot. The fact that his dad died and I barely felt I felt something and then just moved right on from that. I was yeah. like, okay. There's also no resolution of the Sarah Patrell stuff. I guess it <laughs> I guess it was just she was kidnapped by Whispers yeah, and he part of was operating on her. Yeah. So we didn't need to know more. Um, he did reference her by name in this episode, which was odd. Yeah. He had this moment with Whispers where he was like, someone who could do that to Sarah Patrell, how could he like go home and look at his daughter? Right. And that was, I guess, the way that they addressed that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, coming into this last episode, Will still to me is like, we... Whoa. Yeah, like he's the white guy who's like the leader. There's a part where he tells everybody to freeze, and it's so cop-like that I was like, I don't really like you, Will, right now. Everyone else is like trying to have fun. You're like, freeze, we gotta focus. Yeah, yeah. So, like, do you think he's below Wolfgang, though? Um, 
I th- I really loved. I think it's a question of like. I really love where the Jonas stuff ended up here, and I think the best of Will's scenes are the scenes he has with Jonas. Jonas, yeah. Um, I think it puts him above Wolfgang, though. I think so, just because I think anything interesting about Wolfgang is again with Kala and yeah. not with somebody that only he is having interactions with. Hundred percent. So where so, this is where we're at, and yeah, we have Caffius next. Yeah. Caffius' plot really dropped for me uh, after the politics stuff. And the show seems to not care about it anymore also. Right, right. So I would think uh, right above Will. Yeah, I think that's I like Caffius very much and I don't like Will. Yeah. Still. Yeah. But only barely. Yeah. The bottom of this list is weird. Yeah, it's also a bummer just like there's really no development um, in his relationship after like they had sex for the first time exactly and their their sex scene feels like the least meaningful because there's been no character change yeah since then it's just like she goes hey i'm bi and he goes all right cool you still like me and she goes yeah okay <laughs> yeah good luck yeah um and then riley is the last one she's a character i had a pitch about because Ooh. it feels like Will and Riley end up just being characters who are there to talk to plot characters and they're given like different flavors of plot characters to talk to. Will is given the more kind of like uh, the characters who are in like the mechanics of the conspiracy and Riley is given the characters who are kind of like the unusual sensates on the fringe of things who have like a variety of motivations. And I was Getting the vibe that, like, if Mr. Hoy had died, Riley could be, like, the next speaker of the archipelago That's kind of thing. That's a cool idea. But as it is in the text, like, Riley's just kind of, well, we made it. Like, the fact they introduced a woman just for her to have a f- former flame was, like, did you just need something to give Tuppence Middleton to do? Yeah. She had nothing else to do in this episode, literally, at all. Yeah. <laughs> at all. And, like, participate in the fights, I guess. But that's it. Like, yeah. what does she say in this episode? Barely right. anything. She DJs for everybody, but she picks kind of a bad song. So, yeah. like, you know, that's not... I don't know. It's kind of a letdown of a character. I don't know where she lands in these this, like, bottom three yeah. of Will, Wolfgang, and Riley. I know where I think she lands. Where? Below Wolfgang. You think bottom? Yeah. Yeah. Wolfgang gets a rock right. launcher, at least. And this is the writing's fault. They just do not give this character much to do. And, like, you kind of wrote yourselves into a corner because you gave everyone else all these, like, huge, like, life-changing plots. And once she was no longer cursed, then thought that she was cursed, then, like, we ran out of stuff to do. But, like, they didn't write her anything new. (laughs) Like, not at all. Except, like, I care about Will and I found love after thinking I didn't deserve it. Yeah. That scene in in the, when she's DJing for, like, all the sensates, but it's not really that. Where she's like, I didn't think I would deserve to live. And then Will showed me. That's the best Riley scene. Yeah. <laughs> Done. They never yeah. got better than that. Yeah. In my opinion. So the order that we ended up with, these are sensates that we were drawn the most to their plots or found their plots to be the most satisfying at the end of the day. From the bottom to the top, Riley, Wolfgang, Will, Caffius, Leto, Sun, Kala, Nomi. That feels right. That feels yeah. very right to me. Yeah. 100%. Um, loved the show. 
Yeah. We don't do too. ratings here, but we liked it a lot. Um, I think it's time that we talk about what we're watching next season. Yeah. Uh, technically, we don't know yet. <laughs> yes. We are not even starting a new season next season. We're returning, we're to, returning to a continuation of our season 13, mm-hmm. which is... Uh, Formerly under- known as 13 Under 13. Yeah. Now known as... 13 or under 13. Yeah, 13 less than or equal to 13. Yeah, right. Whatever it is, uh, which is essentially our uh, us covering shows that were canceled prematurely. Canceled within their first season, I think, is a good um, way to, way to say it. that. Yeah. Um, so earlier, or last year, not earlier, this year. Last year, we did Drive, New Amsterdam, and... Uh, on the air right after peace chats Um, and so we are looking for suggestions we've gotten quite a few from uh, patrons and folks on the discord but if you have have a show that is 13 or fewer episodes that you think deserves to be discussed yeah let us know uh, and it may make it onto the docket we'll probably do about three shows Mm -hmm. in this run of 13 under 13 before we go on to season um god i can't even get the numbers straight. Whatever the next season would be after Chats 8. Season 16? Is this 15? This is 15. So yeah. 16 would be 13 part 2. Or I guess is No, it's just 13, it's 13 part, part 2. two. And then, so then 16, 16 would be is whatever's, whatever's after. Yeah. yeah. Pokemon will, the anime. We're going to watch all of it. Which will probably happen like uh, starting in the summer, I would... Or like early spring. Yes. Yeah, something yes. like that. But yeah. Um, give us suggestions We're at chat. Well, let's let's give them the plug zone so they know yeah. how to do that. So if you want to give your suggestions, uh, here are the ways that you can get in contact with us. Chatspot at gmail.com is our email. We're also at chatspot on Twitter. Those are places where you can reach out to us with suggestions for future shows, questions, comments. If people have thoughts on Sense8, we could also do like a Chats8 mailbag if there's enough yeah. conversation about it after this episode. Um, so yeah, those are the places to reach us. You can also join fellow listeners on our uh, subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash chats pod and on our discord. Our discord is a benefit for patrons at $1 and up. Uh, you can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash chats pod patrons also at $3 a month and up get access to twice monthly bonus content and at $5 a month and up get thanked right here at the end of our episodes. So thank you to Stefan Six, Pat and Nick of the Brothers in Infinite War, Michael, Marcus, my mom, Lee, Kat, Justin, Jen, and Arthur. You can also support the show by rating us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us by sharing us with a friend, by checking out our website at chatspod.com, by supporting at Camillustrator who created our podcast art. Um, you can also support us by listening to us on other podcasts. Whoa. So I am on a show called Super Smash Echoes with my friend Justin, where we watch, or not watch, where we play video games related to the Super Smash Brothers franchise and talk about them and their cultural relevance. Um, and Alan is on a couple other podcasts if you want to talk about those. Sure, yeah. Um, so I just wrapped up a, a, another season of Oops More Anime, which is a podcast where my friend Six and I watch gundam shows that other people aren't talking about um so we just finished our witch from mercury season one discussion um spoiler alert we're probably not going to pick that show up in the same way for season two because we were a little let down by the finale felt like there wasn't a ton of meat on the bone unfortunately but uh, we have other projects going on you can find all of those on scanlinemedia.com and if you like to listen to me specifically uh i'm the main host of talking marketing which is a bi-monthly marketing podcast hosted by ama boston uh and I interview marketing professionals about their craft and their work and what makes them interesting and human. 
Uh, and it's like very educational and fun, I think. It comes out every other month and it can be found wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Magellan, our final segment here before we close the lights on this one, uh, is called Chatsums. Like the classic snack and we recommend the listener and each other something or some things to enjoy and think about between now and next week's episode of Chats. So what is or are your Chatsums this week? Oh, I forgot to mention uh, another plug. Sorry, I have a Substack now where Ooh. I do some writing sometimes. It's uh, notthatmagellan.substack.com. So you can notthatmagellan.substack.com. That's right. Uh, in terms of Chatsums, uh, this is a this is a pretty threadbare Chatsum. It's a song that Ooh. I've that's a few years old, but I've just been listening to it over and over. Okay. It's uh, called Potato Salad. It's the an ASAP Rocky uh, Tyler the Creator song. Oh, I've heard it. Sure, where they are in Paris. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the music video, the music video is great. The Eiffel Tower's in it. Mm-hmm. There we go. That's the relevance to the sensation oh finale. So uh, check that out. That's what I got. I haven't been uh, really experiencing a lot of new media um, lately. That's valid. Yeah. I will. Here's an experience. Uh, chat some recommendation. I was originally going to take the bus out last night, late last night. And then I was like, Ugh, I got to pack. I got whatever. I got stressed out about it. You know, it's okay to take the later bus. It's, it's okay, okay to, to, to it's bus. okay to change your plans. It's okay to listen to what you need. And sure, it costs you a little bit extra money. Uh, I got to buy another bus ticket. It's okay. I ended up having a very nice night at home last night doing some organizing and some thinking and some whatever random stuff I was doing. Um, And was my bus trip today kind of um, hellish? Yeah. (laughs) Did I get to watch the Sense8 finale on the bus and that was fine? Yeah. Also, yeah. There it is. So... uh, Listen to potato salad and take the later bus, and things things will be okay. I love that. Uh, what about you? What's your chat? Sweet, <laughs> you're kneeing my knee. Kneeing you. I need you like bread. Uh, uh, mine is connected to Sensate because it's uh, a work of queer art. Uh, Preacher's Daughter by Ethel Kane is an album I finally oh. listened to. Uh, Ethel Kane is the uh, artist name, the moniker of I don't know her actual her real name but um she's a singer i had heard that this album was like very highly rated amongst like a lot of queer folk and i was like okay whatever like i'll listen to it it's kind of it's really long it's like an hour 20 um and she ethel kane at least the character uh has lived in the south her whole life and has dealt with like bigotry but also like appreciating the south for its beauty and and stuff like that um and so i had actually gone into preacher's daughter thinking oh this album's gonna be like depressing folky like music and that's fine whatever i'll be in the mood for that it is not that it is a sprawling like pop music pop indie pop record uh in the likes of like a florence and the machine like big booming vocals and beautiful like storytelling uh so if you want like an album to just sit down and really listen to and think about like who is the artist that's procreating this is it the character of ethel kane or is it the person who's actually singing um it's called preacher's daughter it came out last year it's wherever you listen to music it's a really cool album and really surprising for me cool that's what we got folks magellan if you can take my hand thank you for being <laughs> the nominated to my know me oh. <laughs> oh oh thank you for being uh the mr hoy to my rainbow, rainbow strap, on. strap on and thank you all so very much for listening to chats eight Three, two, one, peace. peace.